Well, what's up, Better Life Church, man? So good to see you guys today. I got my boy Joe Sangle in the house. Come on, everybody, say hi, Joe. We love Joe, man. Joe is awesome. Joe is one of my best friends, and we're so excited to have him come and hang out with us here at Bear Life Church today. We're in a series called No Ordinary Family, and we want to talk about not having ordinary finances, right? I mean, ordinary families, they, they, don't, they don't talk about money. They don't uh, talk about when they make mistakes. They don't talk about their aspirations, but that's not us, is it, Joe? That's not us. That's not us. We're we, going to talk about it. You know, that is funny that you say that in no ordinary family. Ordinary families, you don't talk about money, and it's among a few of the taboo topics that they just don't talk about. And I don't know about you, but I grew up in a household where money was very quiet. And the only time I heard them talk about it was usually with anger associated with it. And so what, how we see money utilized, how we see people talk, not talk about it when we're growing up, that absolutely informs us as adults how we deal with it. And so let's talk about it in a no ordinary way and how no ordinary family ought to deal with their money. Yeah, this this is going to conclude our series. You know, I, I thought if we're going to talk about uh, family, we talked about raising kids, we talked about marriages, had a great Sunday last week talking about Father's Day and stuff. Um, but if you're going to have a strong family and it's going to change your family tree, you got to talk about how to win with your money. And who else better to have with us than Joe Single to talk about this? So guys, we're so excited to have him, Bear Life Church. You better watch out. We've had a couple cups of coffee and uh, we're going to set a timer. <laughs> we're going to try to make this in the next just few minutes. But uh, man, we're really excited. Joe, have you seen what's going on, man? I know you have. This is kind of a crazy time right now. It's, it's incredible. You know, it's the most I've stayed at home. Uh, since I started working in the workplace and when I graduated from college. And that's been a little while, uh, about 24 years, really. And it's different. It's definitely the word that we never want to hear again is unprecedented. I mean, how many times have you heard that? We've heard the word pivot. It's going out of pivot. And COVID-19 and just the world, the world itself. This is what I call a before-after event. You know, we remember before 9-11 and after 9-11. And this is one of those before-after events that we're going to talk about even when we're very old. Mm, mm. You know, we talk about the crazy times and, and out there, and I'm hearing feedback. We've created a COVID care KY to really help resource people. And because of the generosity of uh, Better Life Church, we've been able to help over $20,000 in this time to help people. And so we That's have practiced amazing. what we've been preaching, saved up for a rainy day. We didn't have no idea this was going to happen, but we were ready for it. And uh, we're really excited about it. We're seeing a couple type of people right now. And uh, I like to talk, take time to address both of those people. I know you can really speak into us. We're seeing people who have some surplus, and yeah. we're seeing people who are just behind the scenes, like, man, I'm not ready for this. I wasn't ready for this. I got caught with this. So let's talk a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about, you know, what are somebody having some surpluses? Like, what are you seeing? How do they do that? How, did, how do you have surplus in a time like this? What did they do to huh. get to this point? And maybe what can they do to really make a difference? Yeah, I, I think that's great. You know, I, I forget the first time that I came to Better Life. I mean, I remember the moment. I just don't remember the year. I think it was about almost 10 years ago. That was the first time that I got to come step foot in Moorhead, Kentucky, and visit all the fine people there. And we were teaching back then that you got to save money for a rainy day. You know, in Genesis 41, verse 34, there's this moment where Joseph is interpreting Pharaoh's what I call bad pizza dreams. And, you know, he's got seven skinny cows that climbed up out of a river and ate seven fat cows. So it's the cannibalistic cow story. <laughs> and then seven scorched heads of wheat ate seven healthy heads of wheat, which is, I've never seen a plant eating another plant. That's just weird. <laughs> and Joseph interpreted that there's going to be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. 
And in that moment, Pharaoh, who did not know God, indeed was far from God, saw the power of God upon Joseph. And it says there that he said, can I find anyone such as this man and one whom dwells the power of God? And that's something that I would just wanted to share with everybody at Better Life is that when you live these principles, when you live close to God, those that are far from God will perceive and see that power, that spirit that is alive within you. And they will be saying, this is very compelling. And it will call them and prompt them to say, what is different about you? You're living a better life. And so Joseph said, hey, you need to save. And Genesis 41, 34 says you're to save a fifth of the harvest during the good years, 20%. And that will cover you for the bad years. And we see how the story rolled, a true event where they stored up so much, Pastor, that it says that it was like the sand of the sea. They, they stopped keeping records. Mm. And let me tell you, I always think about those people in year six and seven of the plenty where they're like, why are we even storing this? They're not even counting it anymore. There's so much. But then I think about the people in year 13 and 14 in the sixth and seventh year mm. of the famine. Let me tell you, in those moments, all the surrounding nations survived because of Egypt. And there was a massive transfer of wealth to who? The ones that had positioned themselves. Mm. And so that's why people have extra right now. They have positioned themselves. They have prioritized margin. They have prioritized placing God first in their life. And indeed, that covers their finances. They've chosen to live generously. They've chosen to have margin. They've chosen to invest. And as a result, they have extra. And if you're in that crowd, you know, praise the Lord. I encourage you every day, wake up and thank God for his provision because it is his anyway. And then thank him for his word, which is so true that when we apply it to our lives, it just goes better. And then I encourage you to turn it around because I see in 2 Corinthians 9, he says this word all a lot, that you will be enriched with all things so that in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And through your generosity, that's an amazing word, others will praise God. Mm. And so I encourage those that are living in surplus, hey, yes, this is going to be a prime opportunity for you to find investments, to be able to increase what you have, but it's also the time for you to invest in people, to invest in God's kingdom work. And, and one of the things that I've found is that generosity in and of itself by itself is inspiring, it's noble, it is a good thing. But in the face of pandemics and major challenges financially, generosity becomes outright extraordinary. And it will result, just as Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, it will cause others to praise God. And it can be one of the prime ways that you can live out what I call servant evangelism. It's incredible, isn't it? That's amazing. You know, I, this is the time when you're in surplus, you realize what got you there, don't stop. Mm. Don't stop that. I mean, I just had a, a, a lady, she sent me a, a text this week. She said, hey, I'd I never, I've uh, been to church and stuff, I never even talked about tithing and, and never talked about putting God first with their finances. And we decided, you know what? We, we talked to a friend about it and they said, they, they sent you to one of our messages that we've done at Bear Life Church. And she said, uh, we got before the Lord and we said, we're sorry for what we haven't done. And uh, mm -hmm. we're gonna start putting you first in this time in a, in a pandemic. Not we're gonna wait to 
the abundance come, then start tithing. Like right now, we're gonna start putting you first. And she texted mm. me, said immediately, as soon as we did that, both of us got pay raises and we sold a piece of property we've been trying to say. And she, what she's trying to say is like, oh my gosh, you can't outgive God. It's and just coincidence, Pastor. It's just coincidence. <laughs> it's just, just so, so just happened that way. And so this is a time, if you have surplus, remember you trust God first, continue to bring to him what's him. And uh, and then you you save, like you're talking about, and then yeah. prepare a budget and spend wisely. Don't stop that now, but continue right. to be generous right now. You know, right now in a church, we could... We could stop and say, you know what? We don't know what's going to happen. We may have to lay staff off. We may have to change something. We may have to, you know, prolong a payment and the building payment. But man, we're in surplus, and we've been yeah, to give more Lord. away. And I, you know, Tom is like, should we keep it? No, let's keep investing. Let's keep giving and help people. And uh, you just can't outgive him. You can't that's, outgive. That's him. so true, and it's one of the promises from God is you cannot outgive God. Hmm. And we see it in Malachi three ten. You know what does he say in Malachi three ten? You know hmm. he says, test me. Does he say, test me except for when there's a pandemic? Is that what your Bible says? <laughs> test me uh, except for when the market declines. Test me except for when you've got a lot of debt. No, it says, test me mm. in all times. Why? Because God doesn't ever change. What does it say? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's one of the promises from God that we cannot outgive him. I love Luke 6, 38 that says, give and it shall be given to you a good measure, pressed down, Shaken together, running over, will be poured in your lap. And then I love this promise. For with mm. the same measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. Mm. And so I just encourage those that are in surplus, continue doing what you know is right, what you know is good, and what has allowed you to live in blessing now. God has not changed. And you will see God do extraordinary things because of your continued living out the principles. Mm. But of course, uh, we have many people who are watching today, Pastor, they're struggling. You know, we, we saw a statistic in December that the Federal Reserve, who controls the nation's banks, right? Uh, the Federal Reserve system, it, it, every one of your bank notes says Federal Reserve note on it. And uh, those banks, uh, they did a survey and it said that more than 40% of Americans, if they were faced with an expense of $400 or more, they could not pay cash for it. That's before this event happened. Mm. So right now, we've had amazing things happen. Extra unemployment insurance, where many people are getting paid more than they made as a job, that's going to run out July 31st. That's done. And we've had the Paycheck Protection Program for small business owners. It's been a blessing for many. That's going to run out after eight weeks. And as a result, what do you do if you're facing the struggle? You, you didn't have the dream and uh, you didn't have the seven skinny cows eating seven fat cows and had access to this man of God who said, save now, and you followed his wisdom. You may have heard the wisdom. What do you do? And so if you're struggling, I encourage you to do this. Get God's word in you now and start mm -hmm. living it right now. Mm -hmm. Today. And so what I found is it's one of the promises from God that when you do these four things, you position yourself to prosper financially and prosper in your soul. So church, listen to me. When Joe Sangle says that, you get your These pen, four things. you get your paper, because he knows how to go from broke to win with his money, and he's gonna share Praise with you, the Lord. you need to do these four things, because I'm telling you, it's, it's good, good stuff. Get I had pen. a cheat code, Pastor. I mean, you know, all these kids playing video games, and a lot of adults play video games, there's cheat codes. <laughs> Back in the day, we didn't have the internet to find the cheat codes for my Mike Tyson's punch out. I had to work all the way to it. But the cheat code, is God's word, the Bible. Mm -hmm. And we all have access to it. 
And so here it is. It's six words, four things. It's give, it's save, it's invest, and then plan the rest. That's the six things. Give, save, invest, plan the rest. It'll rhyme if you say it right. And, and the fact is, God is honored when we give. It gets God's attention. 2.9% mm-hmm. of evangelical Christ followers actually give a full 10% of their income. Mm-hmm. Only 2.9%. They will trust Jesus for eternal salvation, but won't trust him with their money. Mm. And so I challenge you, I dare you. The Lord says, test me, as Malachi 3.10 said. Proverbs 3.9 says, honor the Lord with the first fruits, right? With the first mm-hmm. fruits of all your crops. He wants to be first. First fruits is mentioned in the Bible 32 times in the NIV. If you like the ESV edition, it's there 33 times. King James Version, then thou shalt find it there 30 times, you know? Uh, that's a church joke. Uh, but the word last fruits and no fruits, pastor, I don't see that anywhere in God's word. And so giving and then saving. The Bible talks about saving. Proverbs twenty one twenty says, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp all theirs down. They, they just don't have anything left over. And we see that Genesis 41, 34, where Joseph said, save how much? 20%. And so a good guidance is to give 10% and save 10%. Now, saving is a different activity than investing. Saving is for safekeeping. I like to use farming analogies, so bear with me if I have one here. I grew up in the cornfields up just a little north of you there in south-central Indiana, and we have corn bins. We have silos, grain silos. And let me tell you, when we put the grain in the silo, we don't want it to grow. We kind of freak out if it grows because it will spoil the grain. In fact, we pay extra money to keep it dry so it won't start growing. That's safekeeping. It's money for safekeeping. It's for preservation. So this is money. I know in Moorhead, Kentucky, we got some friends like I have here in South Carolina where I live now. You know, we got the mason jar. We won't ask where that mason jar came from. And it's, we got some cash in it, and it's buried 14 steps from the old oak tree. <laughs> right? That's yeah. savings. It's in the mattress. It's in that hidden spot in the house. It's for safekeeping. It's not to grow. It's for protection. And then the third one is investing. That is where you take some risk. And the Lord says about this, Jesus himself in Matthew 25, 14 through 30, talks about the parable of the talents, how the two who doubled theirs, they put their, it says they went at once, they were not lazy, and they put their money to work. It's an investing principle. Mm. The King James Version, it says they put it to the exchangers. So think about the New York Stock Exchange, Chicago Mercantile Exchange. And the guy who scolded, he's the one who didn't do anything with it. He just saved it. And so he authorizes us putting it to work. And Proverbs 13, 11 says, dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. And so it's an investing principle. And then planning the rest. You know, God still owns the rest. So we could say, give 10%, save 10%, invest 10%. What do you do with the other 70%? The Lord still owns it. Psalm 24, 1. I know I'm rattling off a lot of scripture, no, but I, I, I kind of like God's word a lot. It's you changed keep, my life. I know it has going. yours and many people's lives as well. Psalm 24, 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It's all God's. So does that include the International Space Station? Well, it's part of Earth's orbit. So yes, you can't even go there. I don't know about Mars, but if you go to Mars, you can check it out. But I, last I checked, he invented Mars. So it applies to you and God owns it. And that 70%, since he's the owner, 
That doesn't mean we can spend it willy-nilly. That won't work. For those that are struggling, how did it work for you to manage stuff willy-nilly? How does it feel right now to have no savings? Mm. And so I encourage you to have a plan for it. And Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. And it says that if you want profit, money left over, you got to have a plan. And then it has to be coupled with diligence. And one of the great things about when we accept Christ Jesus, His Holy Spirit comes within us, and we get, we all get these fruits of the Spirit. Like we have all different giftings, right? Some have the gifts of leadership, administration, preaching, teaching, prophecy, but, but we all get the fruits of the Spirit. And Galatians 5, 23 says the fruits of the Spirit, and it says peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, loving kindness, and self-control. Self-control is diligence. Mm. That ability to stick with the plan that we prepared. So I always tell those who are struggling, hey, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Mm. Today is the day you start. Not next week, not next month. It's today. Start you want to change your life? You want to have a better life? Today is the day. you got to do this. If you want to have a no ordinary family, I encourage you to have a conversation with your family. you got kids. You're struggling with money. Invite your kids into the struggle. Hey, look, the last thing you want is for you to have hero status with no blemishes in front of your kids because then they will expect that for their own life and they'll be so demoralized when they make a mistake. Share your mistakes preach. with them. I'm going to start preaching. Preach. I ain't been able to travel preach. I've got. I need to preach right now. Come on. Because let me tell you something. I didn't get this conversation at home. My parents were great parents, but they thought they were protecting me when they had struggles. It would have been much better if they would have invited me into the conversation and said, this is what we struggle with. This is how we're attempting to fix this. And as a result... I had to learn with a lot of bumps, bruises, and scars, and a lot of financial heartache. And so invite them into the conversation and say, look, this has been a wake-up call for mom and dad. And the last few Christmases, you've got some awesome gifts. You got the Xbox, you got the iPad, you got the Nintendo Switch, uh, you got the new car. I don't know what people give, but you say, hey, look, we did all that with debt. And now look what it's done for us. It's robbing us. Mm. And we are going to change our life. And we're going to, listen, we did all that and we forgot to remember who gave it in the first place. We didn't give any of it. Mm. And so if you give, you save and invest and plan the rest, trust me. If you form a new habit during this pandemic, you, this habit, think about it. With less income, if you get good at this, how will it be when times get better? Because they will get better. And then, my friend, you'll be able to move rapidly to stability in your life and then on up to sur surplus to truly be able to prosper. You know, so many people, we have, a, I mean, the church has grown since you've been here for the last time. We got so many new faces. This is the first time that they're hearing you. So, just real quickly, share with them. Joe Sangle, I was broke, now I'm not. I mean, you've got, you started a ministry, you you bought a John Maxwell business that you own now. I mean, you went from just, you told me, I think just $7 or something in the bank, you told me, and then how God has blessed you and grown you. Just real quick, let them share your story real fast just yeah. so they know where you're coming from. Like, who's yeah. this guy, Joe Sangle, talking to me about money? Let them know you did struggle, and then now how Man, God just blessed you. Did I ever struggle? I'm the youngest of six boys. My parents said at 18, my dad started trying to throw me out of the house because I was the youngest, started trying to throw me out of the house at 13. <laughs> uh, and so, 
So I went to college. I'm the youngest of six, but the first to go to college. I went to Purdue University, studied mechanical engineering. Frankly, I went to college because I didn't want to start a job yet. And so I financed all my college education. I started dating that girl that dates a lot of people. She's more than a two-timer. Her name is Sally May. And so I got all this student loan debt, graduated with tens of thousands of dollars student loan debt. My first weekend at Purdue, I filled out all these credit card applications to get the free stuff. And even though I was truthful on paper and admitted I had no job and no income, they gave me a credit card. And so I started swiping away, baby. I didn't know that great wisdom from Dora the Explorer that says swiper, no swiping. I I started swiping away. I was talented at it. I had a spiritual gift of making money disappear. (laughs) And so I graduated with over $6,000 on the credit card. Remember, this is in the 90s. Had more than $20,000 student loan debt. Uh, and then I graduated and I bought myself a new car. I'd been driving a car that had caught on fire twice, so I needed a, new, a different car. But I wanted a new car. I had no money. I even financed a sales tax. 105% financing for a 1997 Chevy Cavalier. It fired up. And then I bought a truck because in the Bible, in the lost book of the Bible, first book of hesitations, chapter three, verse two says, every guy needs a pickup truck. So I financed a pickup truck and ended up financing all of it. Then I asked my college sweetheart to marry me. She said yes, so I financed the engagement ring, the wedding ring, the wedding, and the honeymoon to Jamaica, all on the credit card. And then we moved to South Carolina with a job transfer, and I bought a house. I don't know how I got a house. I financed almost all of it, and then I needed new furniture, so I bought it 24 months, same as cash. And I woke up and realized that I was blaming God for my financial issues. I had no money. He had given me more pay raises and I kept telling him, I just need to make more money. Obviously the problem is not me. It's God. He needs to bless me with more. Mm. And the moment came for me. And I think everybody, some people migrate over to this, but most people it's declaring that today is the day I'm going to live a better life. Mm. And for me, it was December 2nd, 2002. I call it an IHHE moment. And I have had enough moment. And what happened when Mama Lucas had enough, Pastor? Did, did things stay the same? No. Let me tell you, when Mama Sangle had enough, the six Sangle boys started lining up like ducks in a row or else she would do something even worse, which is tell Dad about it, <laughs> which means I would remember hardly anything. And so I literally had my I've had enough moment, and I did extreme stuff. I cut up my credit cards, and I took the next step to call and shut off the account. And what I thought was cutting off my lifeline for emergencies, I'm telling you, I didn't know it at the time. I only know it in reverse. Looking back retrospectively, I was actually cutting off the shackles of bondage in my life. Mm. Listen, it wasn't the credit card's fault. It was enabling impulsive, uncontained, and an area of my life that was not fully surrendered to the Lord. And that day happened And then we prepared a budget. Me and my bride started preparing a budget and we put God first. And starting that moment, we never once have been blessed with anything where we did not put God first, that we did not give giving on top of it. In fact, I challenge people uh, in my budget, we put a line item called God first. And then we put another line item in our giving called intentionally bless others. Mm. And we pull it out in cash and we carry it with us everywhere we go. And when we see a need, we give it away. Joe, are you enabling that person on the street corner? Probably, maybe, I don't know. I know that I'm accountable to God 
for blessing others. Mm-hmm. They are accountable to God once they have that money in their hands. That's good. And I just That's believe good. this, that when blessed money flows out of a blessed person, somebody who's doing their level best to honor the Lord, man, I believe it carries a blessing for that person. Even if it doesn't cause them to change that day, they never forget a generous gift in their life. Mm. That's so and true. And so I get to sit here and say today that we became debt-free except for our house in 14 months. We were able to leave corporate America and negotiate a 50% pay cut and go to work for a church we helped start down here in South Carolina. And then we saw, I wrote a book called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. I self-published it because no publisher would publish it. (laughs) And that was, you know, more than $2 million of sales of that book ago. And then we bought a business and we built another one and bought another and then bought another one. Today, we stand here, uh, we own real estate. We own over 65, almost 70 pieces of real estate. I've kind of lost count. Uh, we, we owe no debt on, on all but one piece of it. Uh, our businesses are completely net debt free. And as a result, I get to sit here and proclaim that the word of the Lord is true. Mm-hmm. And when you apply it in your life, you will indeed will have a better life. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, when you see this happen in your life, the family that's around you will say, this part of our family is not ordinary. Mm-hmm. They may be weird. There's something different about them. That's right. Peculiar. They're peculiar. They're peculiar people. And as a result, it will compel them to say what is different. And I'm telling you, as surely as I'm speaking today, it will give you an opportunity to share the gospel. Mm. You know, as we get ready closer, just in a moment, let's just recap here. So two types of people. You got the personal surplus. Now you're a farm boy. You tell me all about farming and stuff. What's the farmer doing right now? You told me this the other day. The farmer's still doing what? He's still planting seed in the ground. He's still tilling it up. He's still spending the money Mm -hmm. in the hopes of a harvest. So if you have a surplus, you keep doing what, you just keep being obedient. You keep planting the seeds. You keep, Amen. and and if you're struggling, what are some next steps right now that they could take? If they're struggling, or they got furloughed, or they got lost a job. Let let me give you a few next steps and, we're going to give a website here in a minute where they're going to be able to access more of this. I've got 10 steps they could take right now. We don't have time to go through all that right now. But there's a, there'll be a video of me teaching those 10 steps in detail along with a downloadable PDF. Uh, and that'll be at, uh, at IWasBrokeNowImNot.com slash BetterLife. Okay. And we'll, we'll list that and make sure that gets to everybody. But here's, the, here's two or three things. The first thing is prepare a plan. You are not accountable to God for what Joe Sengel does with his money, Mm. what Pastor Daniel does with his money. You are accountable to God for what he's placed in your hands now. Not what you wish you would have done three months ago, six months ago, what you have now. Become a planner of it now and put God first in it Mm -hmm. and give, save, invest, plan the rest. And the second thing is I really encourage you to challenge every outgo item on your budget. Put them in two categories. One of them is essential items like power to your house, groceries. Those things are essential. And find ways to reduce your spending on your essential items. And then for those that are non-essential, hey, consider breaking up with them for a while. Hey, you're wasting all this time watching Netflix, binge watching. Look, here's what I know. If you're broke and you're on Facebook asking, hey, what next show should I binge watch on Netflix? (laughs) It's time for you to cut off Netflix. Cut it off. And instead, dial into a, a, a podcast that teaches you how to be a better money manager. Hey, read the Bible, uh, because let me tell you, that will help you greatly, and it will save you money. Um, things like memberships at fitness clubs, 
uh, different membership societies, Netflix, Hulu, Spotify, Prime, Pandora, SiriusXM, cable and satellite TV. Cancel them all. Mm -hmm. And you'll find out there's people in your house and you can talk with them. (laughs) And you'll find out how much time you have. You want to do something really crazy? Cut off the internet. Woo! Now, I know it's essential for most people. That sounds scary to me. But let me tell you, here's what I, it's not forever, Pastor. Mm -hmm. It's just for now. Just for now. And that will get your attention. And the one other thing I would share in this, and you can go online and watch the rest of it, but establish delayed repayment schedules. Uh, Many car lenders, home mortgages, they have actually allowed people to actually defer payments and to actually just put off making payments for up to three months. I've seen this happen. It's really been extraordinary. And they don't make them all due at the end of the three months. That's like a forbearance. You don't want a forbearance. It's a true deferral where they just add the payments to the back end of it afterwards. And that can give you immediate margin, which can get you some breathing room mm-hmm. so that you can begin to climb up to living that stable and then on up to surplus life. Mm, that's great. So we're getting ready to provide that uh, website for everyone. But here's what Joe Sangle and his team has done, church. This is amazing. They believe in this so much. I believe in it so much that we want to make sure this happens to every single person who calls Bear Life Church to home church for completely free to you, completely free. They have designed a, is it a six weeks you said it was? A six That's weeks right. course that you can go through on your own or with the group or get your family, husband, wives go through it, get your kids to go through it with, it doesn't matter. And they're going to walk you through on how to win with the money. Now, you may be sitting here and you go, well, I'm really not broke. Um, I have some surplus, but you won't believe the people I know, Joe, who just says, man, I just watch my checking account. As long as my checking account stays at a certain level, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. But this is not just about like, hey, you're in desperate need, you need help. This is how do I get better? How do I put the kids through college? How, how do I make sure I, I save for my aspirations and dreams that I have? So listen, I don't care if you're doing great with your money or you're not, this is for you. Can you tell them a little bit what they're going to get in that six weeks, Joe? It's completely free yeah, for everybody. So, so the six-week study, it's going to start with where it should, which is seeking God for his plans, hopes, and dreams for your life. As it says in Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you have desires in your heart and you love the Lord, there's a good chance God put those desires there. And so we, we have a process for seeking God and writing that stuff down so it's in front of you. And then letting that provide the energy and the fuel to actually make the harder financial decisions. And then we talk about how to have a budget that actually works, uh, how to calculate your debt freedom date if you have debt, including your house, how to pay your house off early, saving, investing, retirement, college savings, insurance, and how to make this your new habit so you can stick with it for the long haul. In addition, we have extra bonus materials on these 10 financial steps you can take right now. And I'm also going to throw in an ebook, downloadable for free, called Help I Can't Pay My Bills. So if you're in that group where you mm-hmm. just don't have enough, you've cut everything out and there's still not enough. Hey, I'm, I'm encouraging you, download that ebook and walk through that process. Uh, I wrote that specifically for people who are in bad, bad shape to help encourage you and provide you really practical steps you can take to really dig out of it. And so all of that's available there. I encourage all of you, go there, set up your account. It's totally free, mm. no sales pitch. And, and even if, it, if, if you're prospering, you're going to find something to help you. And I guarantee you have friends or family, even if they're not in the Moorhead, Kentucky area, that you could share it with mm-hmm. to really help them take a next step. And who knows, you could look back on this pandemic, this challenging time, and say, I'm so glad it happened because it was at that moment that I discovered I could have a better life. Mm. 
That's so good. Joe, man, thank you so much for taking time. I know your, your, your schedule is hectic and you got a lot of things going on. And Barrel Life Church, listen, uh, we love Joe. Joe's a great friend. For the last decade, Joe's been here, part of us, helping us and speaking to our life. And he ain't going nowhere. He's going to be family here for Barrel Life Church. And so I'm as your pastor, please hear me. Listen, I want every one of you, it's completely free to you. Listen, it's completely free to learn how to get better and win with your money and fulfill the dreams that God given you. And listen, Joe's allowed us to have this stuff, to use it, so take advantage of it. And I'm telling you what, I really, I know it's cliche. I'm telling you, Joe believes this. The best is yet to come. Tell him, Joe, they can do this. They that can do you, it. You can absolutely do this. Absolutely. And it said, IWIwasBrokeNowImNot.com slash Better Life. And of course, uh, you, we'll have a link through your church where you mm-hmm. can redirect it as well. But I just wanna make sure everybody knows this that there are promises from God in His Word that you can rely on. And I'll leave you with the the one one promise I wanted to leave you with, and that is this. God is our great provider. Mm -hmm. He is your source, not your employer, not anyone else, not the government. God is the one who directs this stuff. He owns it all. And I I grew up hearing about Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, and Jehovah Jireh, which means provider. And so I want everyone who's watching today, as you're with your no ordinary family and want to live that no ordinary life, that God is your great provider. And when he does it, when he sends that blessing, even that overflow blessing, I wanna make sure that you honor and recognize that it was God that provided it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then may you all be found guilty, which means being found guilty of, right being convicted of living generously with it Mm. because indeed you will find that it is what you have given through your life of yourself of your time of your energy of your effort and indeed of your money that you'll be known for and that you can truly build a lasting legacy beyond your life Mm. that's good we're going to end it right there joe thanks so much we love you guys and appreciate you and we can't wait to hang out and see you face to face soon thank you so much Awesome. Blessing, Better Life family. Get fired up.